You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Thank you so much, Nadia, for being a guest on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. So to start, I like to ask a simple but also somewhat complex question. Okay. Who is Nadia? Ooh, who is Nadia? <laughs> okay. Well, um, basically, I'm a wife, daughter, sister. I'm kind of your everyday woman. Um, I have a two-year-old son. Um, his name is Logan, and I have a stepdaughter who's uh, Kyra. She's 13. Um, I've been married to my husband for five years. We met in college, and... Um, we have known each other for about nine years. Um, I received my degree in social work. I worked for Child Protective Services for about five years. Um, one of the things that I truly value is uh, my relationship with God and allow Him just to kind of use me as a vessel so that I can shine, shine, have His light shine in all areas of my life. So, um, also, I am a survivor of living in a dysfunctional home. Uh, my mother, she mm-hmm. suffered um, from drug addiction. Um, there would be times where she would leave us at the house, me and my brother, for like two weeks at a time when I was like seven. Um, I'm also a survivor of um, being raped. I was raped at 11. Um, and then at one point, I was taken away from my mom and placed into foster care. But then I was adopted by my teacher. So I, Nadia is a survivor. And Nadia is also um, just a person, a woman of faith. And I tried to use my, my testimony and my story to inspire women, to let them know, you know, everything negative can be turned into something positive. Wow. Wow. Yes, you certainly sound like a survivor, and thank you for opening up and sharing a little bit about what you've experienced. And as you, as you've walked through those trials, you also mentioned that uh, you were working for Child Protective Services. So how how did that um, come about for you? Well, when I was younger. Um... At a young age, I've always wanted to help children, help women, families that's kind of been through the same thing that I've been through. So I knew that I always wanted to work for Child Protective Services ever since I was a little girl because um, I wanted to help be that person to place children in a, in a more safe environment. And um, honestly, working for CPS, it was one of the greatest things that I've ever done. Um, and I, again, like I said, I've, I've always known, and the only reason why I ended up stopped working with Child Protective Services is because last year I was having some health problems, so me and my husband, uh, we decided that I would stay home and, um, kind of start working one-on-one with Logan, and that's how homeschooling started. Um, yeah, so everything, um, it kind of is, is happening how God wants wants it to happen and that's also um, but when I as I'm here with Logan and I'm doing homeschooling it's like you know I still want to be able to reach out to women reach out to 
children and and kind of help help uh, break generational curses and help women visualize their highest self. So that's kind of why I started creating content on uh, Instagram, and my lo- my blog should launch soon. Uh, but I wanted oh, to, con- yeah. So I just I wanted to continue to allow God to speak through me so that I can help. That's that's all I want to do in life is just is help people reach their high their high self and break generational curses. Wow. And I, I really think that does shine through on your Instagram. Um it's it's obvious that you have such a heart for helping people. And I'm also curious too, oh the generational curses. Yes. Yeah, so how do you define that? Well, for me, I believe generational curses are, they're just the history of issues um, that that have been patterned in families. And so, of course, that looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that can range from mental illness, that can range from divorce, poverty, or even drug addiction. And um, I believe that some of these curses, they, they can be passed down through your bloodline. And the good thing about it is I believe generational curses can be stopped. So mm. that's why I, and, and again, I've known this ever since I was a little girl. And so that's why um, for me, it was so important when I got adopted by my teacher, she, she helped me become the woman that I am today. So I was able to gain a better relationship with God. I was able to learn about college. So I'm the first person in my family that has, graduated college. I'm the first person in my family that um, didn't experience with drugs or any nature. I'm the first person in my family that um, actually had a career um, and not just you wow. know, a, a, a job that pays, um, you know, that you just kind of work and just to work. I, I actually had a career. I'm the first person in my family to get married. So those are things that where I say generational Christian, you're just breaking the patterns of mm. of things that's happening in your family and again that looks different for everyone so um and i think that it's important that as you break these generational curses you realize it's, it's you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for your children and their children so eventually you know it the dynamics of your family becomes more positive and healthy because if you look back on things that I've been through, all of it is so negative. And I was like, you know what? This stops with me. And that's always Mm. been my goal. Mm. That's so powerful. And I agree too, that breaking these types of patterns can have an impact on more than just you, you know, you're affecting your whole family line that comes after you, you know, namely your children and, you know, your spouse, your community at large in stepping up and and daring to do things differently. And so I'm also curious too about how you were able to work up the courage to forge your own path, you know, to kind of go against the grain and against the patterns that you had been shown in your early childhood. I would definitely have to say it is through my faith in my relationship with God, um, being in constant prayer and allowing him to show me the vision that he had for myself. And one of the things that I realized um, 
is that everything that I've been through, it was never about me. It was about God just using me to be a be hope for someone else. And so that since I mm. since I realized that, I've that's how I've been able to gain strength and courage to can continue to keep moving forward. So I definitely have to say faith is my anchor. Wow. You also mentioned wanting to help women visualize their highest selves. So how do you go about doing that? What are some tips that you can share with the listeners? Um, well, one thing that I try to encourage women to to realize is that it to visualize your higher self, you have to change the story um, that you keep playing over and over in your head. And there's this thing called self-talk. So it's basically when you're in your mind and you're thinking yes. and, you know, it's how you talk to yourself. So mm-hmm. I, I encourage women to kind of take a moment and say, am I speaking negative of myself? Am I, am I complaining all the time? Am I, am I doubting myself? And so if you realize that, then you instantly, you kind of, kind of check in with yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to change how I'm thinking so I started saying you know I am enough I am perfect I'm a child of God I'm not a victim I'm a survivor um I started telling myself you know I am I'm not going to fail I'm going to win because uh God gives me the strength to continue and he's never going to put more than me than on me than I can handle so reaching your highest self it definitely starts with how you talk to yourself in your mind with just and just changing the story that you you replay over and over in your head it's almost like I, I'm a strong believer that you can kind of rewire your mind <laughs> mm-hmm. so um if you can get your if you can train your mind to start thinking positive thoughts then your perspective on life completely changes and then I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you start changing how you speak to yourself then the people around you also will see that and then you'll start seeing different blessings and miracles and people that's positive too just attracted to you so I definitely encourage people to reach your higher self it it, it starts with how you talk to yourself in your mind if that makes sense (laughs) oh it totally does I think you brought up a great point of the stories that we tell ourselves and how we can easily get trapped in thinking that we're a failure, we're a victim, you know, that we're not going to amount to anything. And at the end of the day, we have the power to shift that line of thinking. Yes. yes. And so why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we want to wake up feeling like I've got this, you know, I know that where I've been or where I've come from, maybe wouldn't have been what I would choose for myself but yet I'm still here I'm a survivor and just pushing through and and letting that be your guide versus you know all the negativity I think that can have such a profound effect on one's sense of well-being exactly I I definitely agree I definitely agree and a lot of uh, uh, I think also different techniques that that kind of helps you reach your higher self is also like practicing self-care in the mornings. I also make sure that I write down um, positive affirmations and I always start my day off with 
God and even journaling. Um, there's just there's, mm-hmm. there's just certain techniques that, that help you. And another thing that I think is so important is um, counseling. Um, I, or even if you don't believe in counseling, uh, just making sure that you have a support a support group that's there for you that that genuinely wants to see you succeed because when you're trying to break generational curses when you're trying to reach your highest so it's it's hard to do it by your it's hard it's hard to do it alone so you definitely want to make sure that you have someone that's like cheering for you yes we're supposed to be our our own cheerleader but you also want to have a support system Mm mm-hmm how did you start to cultivate your own support system? Um, honestly, um, it started when um, I was adopted by my teacher. Um, she she became the first person in my life that saw saw something good in me. Saw that I had a purpose. Saw that I could still fulfill this vision that I have for myself. So it started with her. And and when I saw the light in her and how she believed in me, I was like, it, it felt amazing just to have that one person in your corner and how she completely changed my life around. So I think that's why I am the person, or well, I know that's why I am the person I am today because I want to just help guide women and encourage them like she did me. So when I saw mm. that she was my support system, I was like, okay, I, I, it, it truly just changed my life. And, and now I see the value of making sure, even if it's just one person in your corner, mm-hmm. that it makes a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, though, it can be difficult to even open up about our hardships enough to even you know, start to seek out community and try to seek out support. Do you have any tips for the listeners as to how they can start to find a community of their own? Well, um, I would start with, of course, your family. If there's one person in your family that you trust that you can lean on, try to lean on that person. But, Mm -hmm. um, or if you don't have, a family member that you can lean on. Um, I would try to focus on what area that you feel like you're trying to work on for yourself. So if it's drug addiction, then maybe you reach out to a support group that's geared towards drug addiction. Or if it's um, if you're having um, some mental health issues, try to reach out to a group that's geared to towards that area so figure out what area it is that you feel like you really need the most help in and maybe try to find some find a support group for that and you can you can um look those up i mean we have technology now and social media you can definitely look those up um, by your area Mm -hmm. code through google um also um a lot of times at the hospitals if you go there they have like a list of resources that you can kind of get in contact with as well um but I think it's so important to get with someone that like I, I say support groups but get with someone that's uh, that has a similar story as you because I think it, it helps when you can talk to someone and they've been through the same thing that you've been through so they understand they understand the ups they understand the downs so mm-hmm. that's why I say 
you can't find a family member, then try to find a support group with whatever area that you're trying to gain assistance in. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think those are some great tips. I, I like also that you shared about checking at hospitals and seeing what resources they have available there. So hospitals always have um, a, a resource guide that they're always trying to um, pass out. Or you can always call um, 211 on your phone. Um, mm. And if you call that number, they will be able to give you resources that's in your area, uh, that's, a, that's in your price range. Um, if you're looking for a male or a female, if you're looking for a certain area. So calling 211 is very helpful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's extremely helpful. You're welcome. Okay, so switching gears just a little bit, I want to focus on something that you feature in your Instagram bio. Okay. You say that you are changing what society says mothers should be. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, um, I believe that, I guess you, you have certain generations that believe that women should only be at home with their children, or you have certain generations that believe that it's wrong if the mom is working and not at home um, with their child. So I, I say that we're changing how we view women or moms should be because I want you to be true to yourself. Regardless of what society says, regardless of what your family says, um, you be true to yourself. And so if that looks like, hey, I'm going to work and I'm going to work with my children on the weekends, then do that. Or if it's I'm going to stay at home and I'm not going to ever work again, I'm going to let my husband take care of things, then do that. You do what's best for you and don't base it off of what other people say and because a lot of times I think bars on my family they took it really hard when I stopped working for child protective services and I decided to stay home with Mm -hmm. Logan and I realized that this is my journey and it's going to look different from your journey and that's okay Mm -hmm. and that's why I always um I encourage people to embrace their duality because it, it goes along with the good and the bad, and you, you, there's always different versions of yourself. You're always going through different seasons, so in each of those seasons looks different, and that's okay. And just don't worry about what everyone else has to say, and just be true to you and what works for you and your family. I think that's great advice. That's something I'm always sharing about on the podcast and on social media is how there's really no one right way to do motherhood. You know, we're, we're all so different. Our families all have different needs and different personalities and only we can determine what's going to be best for our particular situation. Exactly. And that's why I'm a firm believer of, you know, don't mom shame because you don't know their story. <laughs> you don't know what they're going through. Right don't know their experience just try to encourage them and let them know that hey they're they're doing a good job and I think that 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 mom shaming it definitely needs to stop that's I'm I'm an advocate for that because again you don't know their story so true 
so how do you navigate showing up on social media and wanting to help your audience and breaking these generational curses and, you know, visualizing a higher self, but then at the same time, like, there's just so much noise on social media, especially, especially like, when it comes to mothers who are creating content, it can be very easy to compare. So how do you navigate the social media waters in that regard? Well, I, again, I think it goes back to just understanding that everyone has their own journey. And when you start comparing yourself to other people, you take away your you being authentic to yourself. There's not one person on this earth that's like you, and you should you should honor that and embrace that. So mm. when you start comparing yourself to other people, you're you're taking away the gifts and the talents that God has blessed you with. So I think. For me, how I navigate through it is before I even open up my social media page or I post my content, I spend time in prayer and I ask God to lead me and guide me and to respond how he wants me to respond. Because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm doing, I I know that I'm doing this for him. So I, I allow him to use me and whatever he places on my heart to share. That's what I do. And I... I realize again, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for his glory. So that kind of helps me to not compare to other moms that's out there that has 50,000 followers or mm-hmm. <laughs> they're posting these beautiful pictures. And like, you know, I'm going to post my journey and then hopefully me being true to myself and allowing God to, to, to use me, then people can see my personality, they can see my struggles, they can see my wins, and that's, I feel like that's how you truly engage with people when you connect with them. It's more authentic. And I think our, I think viewers appreciate that more, because you're, you're being true to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It can be hard, though, to feel like your authenticity is important that it matters, you know, I used to struggle hardcore with feeling like my voice didn't matter and that I didn't really have anything to say that anyone would want to hear. But I think, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that I also think that when we are sharing, we we have to realize that it might not reach 100 people or even 50 people. It might just be that one person that needed to hear that. And so I think if you look at it from that perspective, then it helps you to share as well because you're, you're doing it to, to at least hopefully help one person. And that's the goal, which is right. to help. Yes, I, I like that. It, it kind of takes the pressure off, you know. Right, it definitely takes the pressure off. <laughs> <laughs> So you said that you started homeschooling recently. What has that experience been like for you? <laughs> well, it was definitely rough at first because I was like, "What am I doing?" I don't. It kind of just <laughs> it, it kind of just fell on me, you know. Right. I never planned for to be the stay at home mom and you know working one on one. I'm a firm believer, like 
you know, hey, I'm just going to put him in a Montessori school and mm-hmm. God that God's going to just use those people that he's blessed to teach kids and I'll just pay for it. But I guess he yes. had a different story, uh, different vision. So it kind of just fell on me. So I'm not going to lie. It was definitely hard at first. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. But um, what I ended up doing was doing a whole lot of research and I found out that I um, I like the Charlotte Mason approach, which she believes that um, a child is a person and we must educate that whole person. And I also figured out that I liked uh, the Montessori approach, uh, which kind of focuses on making sure the child is independent, you observe them, and then you follow them, um, and then you just correct as you go. But I what helped me is that I realized that I didn't have to choose one approach. I can combine mm. the two. So mm. once I learned that I can combine the two, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is easier than I thought. And then once I realized that Logan was enjoying it, then I started enjoying it too. And then it became a, a daily routine for us. <laughs> so, and I love wow. it. Yes, and I... I definitely, again, I never saw myself as a stay-at-home mom doing um, homeschooling, and but it's it's definitely been a blessing, and um, I love the fact that I'm getting to figure out how he likes to learn, which is more mm-hmm. he's, he's more hands-on. Um, he he wants to truly involved in it, and he wants to talk through it. He wants. You'd explain it to him. And if I was just sit there and give him a book and be like, okay, we're going to just read this, he would be completely bored. So I, <laughs> I love the fact that I get to learn how he enjoys education. So it's, 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 been, it's been great. It's definitely started off rough, but it's, it's truly a blessing now. So what do your days look like? Or do they, do they vary widely? Or is there kind of like a, a regular rhythm that they all have? Well, usually um, what we do is in the morning, we have our set morning routine, which is we wake up, we have our morning prayer, I cook breakfast, and then we start with our learning activity in in the morning. Because what I realize in the morning, he has like way more energy, so I can get him to engage in the activity more. And then after that, we'll have nap time. And then after that, we'll usually, I I try to make sure I want to like take him on field trips and stuff too. So um, we try to go like to the zoo or the aquarium. It's not awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. And then if those that, if I can't take him to a field trip, then we try to spend time outside in nature. So Mm -hmm. um, the routine, it definitely took uh, a lot of discipline for me and him. but now we we have it we have it down. So I I would encourage moms that if you're starting homeschooling, know that at the beginning it's definitely going to be rough. But once you get to a certain routine, if that's what you choose to do, um, but if you get to a certain routine, it, it goes by easier. And what I realized is that children love structure. So he mm-hmm. looks forward to okay in the morning we do prayer brush our teeth and then we have breakfast so he knows exactly what's what's to come and then I realized it helps with a lot of the tantrums too because <laughs> he he's, he's not surprised yes. by anything yes so structure is key <laughs>
So do you, are you involved with any homeschool co-ops or any groups or are you just kind of doing it with you and Logan only Um, right right now? Right now it's just with me and Logan. Um, But, um, you know, if God says um, otherwise that I should, you know, reach out to other moms, I I definitely wouldn't be opposed to that. And I think, and I'm all for learning because I know there's a lot of moms out there that can teach me more. So, because I know I don't I don't know everything, so you know if that, if that comes, I I definitely would I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, so if you know any moms that are homeschooling in in my area, please have them reach out to me or give me their information. I can reach out to them. Yes, I'll have to think about that. But if I do, I will. What have you learned about yourself during this homeschooling journey? I have learned patience um and i have learned that i can't i think i had this picture in my head of how life was going to be but i've learned to kind of let go of that picture and kind of glow go with the flow of things of how where god wants to lead me and i think at the beginning of it i was kind of frustrated because i was like okay god why do you have me here, but I'm realizing that part of my story is to spend more one-on-one time with Logan and to create an environment that he's safe in. So I think I've just learned more to be patient with myself and accept the things that I can't control and know that every, at the end of the day, everything is going to be okay. So just don't be frustrated. Just be patient. And, and I think that, like I said from before, I was really kind of like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing with homeschooling. But then after I got the structure and I got the curriculum down, it's, it's going okay. So I wish I could have told myself then to be patient. So. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's one thing I've learned, just, just to be patient and, and cherish the moments with your children because they grow up so fast, yes. <laughs> so fast. How old is Logan? He is two. He just turned two in December. Okay, okay. Yes, Milo is two, but will be three in April. Yes. Happy so. early birthday. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'll tell him he le- he sings the happy birthday song to himself like every day. Oh, <laughs> and anyone so else cute. he sees. <laughs> oh, that's <But> adorable. I-, <laughs> I really admire everything that you're saying about homeschool. I've I before I had Milo, I had this fantasy that. Well, now that I am about to mention it, I realized that I had a conflicting fantasy. Because on one hand, I envisioned myself going back to work because I really loved my career. And on the other hand, I also envisioned myself homeschooling my child. And um, at this point, I'm not working full time. So I am at home with Milo and we were doing Montessori for uh, a couple of months. And that was great. But as we're about to move, you know, things are we're just trying to just get serious about all the logistics <laughs> so right. we needed one less thing kind of to worry about and 
homeschool, I think I've had it like kind of built up in my mind. Like it was this big thing. Like I needed to have a curriculum and lesson plans and it just felt so daunting. But the way that you're describing it feels so approachable and so flexible that it seems like something that I could actually do. So yes. I, I really admire that. Yes. And that's and that's one thing that's that's good about homeschooling is that you can be flexible. I mean, because there are days like say if like, okay, I'm tired or if Logan's not feeling it, you know, you can have those days, okay, well we're gonna use this day as a regroup day. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good thing about it about homeschooling. And then I think also is you get to you meet your child where your child is at and your child meets you where you're at. So if y'all are both just kind of not feeling it today, that's okay because there's always tomorrow. So I that's encourage you, I encourage you, you know, if you, um, if you do decide to do it again, just, hey, just be patient with yourself. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the key. Yes, always. <laughs> okay, so you also mentioned that you have a stepdaughter in addition to Logan. So tell me a little bit more about what being a blended family has looked like for you and what things you've learned from that experience. Well, um, I will definitely say that I've heard like horror stories of families have like blended families. And mm-hmm. I, so when I married Nina, I was, I was completely nervous about it because I didn't know how me mom were going to get along I didn't know how it was going to be whenever I had a child but I can say that my experience has actually been pretty pretty awesome I think for for us with me and Neiman and then Kyra her, her mom and her stepdad we all have the same focus which is to make sure that each home is peaceful that Kyra at the end of the day she has um, all her needs is met all her wants are met as well so if we all share all four of us share the same common goal so mm-hmm. that really helped us to communicate effectively so we really haven't had any bumps in the road now I don't know what will happen in the future I pray that it's still peaceful but um, it's 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 been a really good transition. I think as long as everyone shares that common goal to make sure that the child is safe and the child is getting everything that they need, then it works well. Um, a lot of times, um, I think for me, I know when to step back and say, hey, this is just a conversation for Neiman and Kyra's mom. I know when to step in you know, they, or they invite me in. And it it's I think it's about everybody respecting one another and again coming back to the fact that we all share the same goal and even mm-hmm. with Kyra um, she has she has definitely been handling it well too and what we teach her is that us being a blended family she just gets more people that love her and since she realizes that she has just more people that love her, then that excites her. So we, we, we try to turn, again, everything into something positive. And 
So she's exciting when she's coming over here. She's exciting when she goes back to her mom's house. And all of us just make sure that at the end of the day, everyone is respectful. Everyone, again, shares that same goal. So it's almost almost like I believe, like, you know, marriages, they have a mission. Like, I believe marriages should always have, like, a mission statement of mm-hmm. in your core values. So it's almost the same as having your blended family. Your blended family should have a mission and core values. And as long as those things are established between both homes, then the transition is a lot easier. Wow, that's so wise. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, letting that sink in. <laughs> wow. Okay. A marriage mission statement. I, I love that. And I also love the frame that you've put around Kyra's experience and having just more people who love her and who care about her and who are just trying to raise her up to be the best version of herself that she can be. So yes. and, and since she realizes that she she's the happiest little girl, if you meet her, she's just so sweet, A on a roll involved in everything and I believe that that is because she has so many people that love her and that's in her corner so it's wow yeah and then I think it was also easier for me to 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 transition and to understand the blended family because I was adopted so um I started with learning how to navigate being, being in a blended family when I was younger so I again right. I appreciate that experience because then it helped me to, to when I got married and we have Kyra and Logan so it all kind of everything's just full circle you know so it's yeah beautiful. <laughs> it sounds like it and how has it been like I'm just curious about the role of stepmother and mother and how um like the transition was from, you know, getting married and then welcoming a stepdaughter into your family and then welcoming in Logan? Well, um, I, well, when me, when I got Kyra and I've always looked at her as my own before we were even married, but, Mm. um, we, what we did is that we had a sit down conversation with her when, when we first got married and, you know, we let her know that, um, that she was always going to be number one priority to daddy. And I was just there to, to help daddy raise her. And we, and I always explained to her that I would never, I would never step over the, the role of her, of her mom. And I was just there to help her mom to raise her. So she knows that I'm, she calls me S-mom, so, which means stepmom. Um, so, yeah, so she knows that I'm just there to, to help her parents raise her, and I, but I'm not trying to take the role of her mom. And I think as a child, when they hear that, it helps them understand more, like, okay, you love me, but you're not trying to overpower what the bond that I have with my mom. And right. So I think that since she knows that it created us to have a more deeper relationship with each other. And I will say that Logan, now Logan, he, 
he's having a hard time, I think, realize because he's starting to, he's two. So he's starting to realize, oh, Kyra comes and then she leaves. So, he, yeah, so he's kind of having a hard time. He'll walk around saying, we're sissy, sissy. So even though he's two, we, we sit him down and say, sissy has, you know, two families. And Sissy's really blessed. So sometimes she's here and then sometimes she's over there. And so I know he's only two. He might not understand that. But if we keep training him to right. to realize that when he gets older, um, it'll, it'll, it'll make more sense to him. And he can prepare to understand, right. okay, Sissy's leaving. Sissy's, but she's going to come back. And it's just because she has a lot of blessings everywhere. <laughs> a lot of people that love her everywhere. That's right. So, so all right. I want to start wrapping up, but before we do, I'm curious about your upcoming blog that you mentioned. What are some of the resources and and topics and things that you hope to dive into over there? Perfect. Um, so hopefully it will be ready by the end of February or March. Um, so stay tuned. But some of the things that I'll be sharing there will be about um, how to co-parent, uh, about marriage, about homeschooling, but most of all, um, just helping women to reach their highest self and give sharing techniques with them, where if it, and such as um, personal self-care, um, how to balance being a mom, um, how just just those techniques and so I I just want to be always want to be transparent with my audience so um, my goal is to use my story um, and just to help inspire the same thing that I do on my Instagram it'll just be written <laughs> on my blog so I hope I hope it definitely helps a, a lot of women we're all we're all going through a journey and we're all trying to heal so why not do it together yes amen yes. <laughs> i'm excited to see it all to all come together and i just want to say thank you so much for um, having me um, on your podcast and i truly appreciate everything that you do oh thank you and before we wrap up where can people stay in touch with your journey over on instagram um, you can find me on Instagram at yo underscore underscore naughty, N-A-D-I. So yo naughty, yes. Yay. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time. I'm your host, Maurice Young.